Hello and you're listening to FPCast, the podcast for Thrillist Pursuits where we bullshit about the week in pop culture. I'm Luke. And I'm Jacinta. And this week we're talking about... Movies, movies, television, television, Tricks. Bricks and tricks. Yeah. What were the tricks? Um, there was like flippy things and choppy things. You mean like a battle angel Alita's sweet tricks? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there was nothing in Alita battle angel that rhymes with bricks or Lego, so I kind of had to improvise. What about sweet kicks? Uh, well, see, sweet kicks I think of as being shoes. And she didn't really have cool shoes. Oh, uh, she kind of had cool shoes with wheels on them. Yeah. And they were pretty cool. Yeah, but I don't know. Are rollerblades cool? They were mm-hmm. Robo Heelys and they were rad. And Heelys, oh. No, but she made them look really cool. We're back. Uh, we're doing this fortnightly at the moment. So we've actually got a huge amount to talk about. So much that we shouldn't be fucking around as much as we are at the beginning here but we we <laughs> did watch lego movie 2 and battle angel elite uh, two movies that uh, i know at least for me personally were very highly anticipated at the beginning of this year plus uh there's been trailers out uh there's been new tv series i've gotten a taste of the umbrella academy and uh, we've got two movies each to explore on our what to watch challenge mm-hmm. which uh also a new month new theme mm. so Last one in January, and then we go into Feb, which is Black History Month. So, mm. a whole lot of stuff. To which, I guess, if, if our reviews of last fortnight's movies are anything to go by, Black History Month is going to be an interesting one. Yeah, we, we are <laughs> perfectly positioned mm. to talk about Black History Month mm. and uh, to judge mm-hmm. uh, black culture. Yep. So, I uh, look forward to all of that. But uh, before we do anything, let, let's why don't we kick off with... There's been a lot of talk about uh, Will Smith's genie. Mm. We saw the first shot of him from Aladdin on a cover of a magazine, wasn't it? Yeah. And it was the human form. Yeah, and people were angry that he wasn't blue. People were like, oh, well, he- hello. Uh. Like, you know, if you were going to describe the genie in one word, it better be blue. Mm. And uh, people were kind of disappointed at that. Will Smith was like, hey, look, guys, you got to trust me. You have to trust me. See that- this face? It's going to be blue. How can you blue. not trust his face? And it's going to be a blue face. Uh. It's not blue now. Uh. When you sit down in the theatre, it's going to be blue. So, what, was it the Super Bowl happened and then we got to see a blue genie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then everyone was like, why is he blue? Well, uh. and he was like, I told you all. <laughs> yeah. He would be blue. Mm. And he is blue. I Look, I am not a uh, CGI kind of person. Mm. I like all things. And mm. I like CGI. Mm. I, I think we need CGI. Mm. People have, like, you know, fond memories of stop motion and plasticine and marionettes and stuff. It's mm-hmm. like, you got to go back and watch some of those movies. You mm-hmm. know, we're, we're in a good place now. Mm. But, uh... Kind of janky. Well, it's got to have a soul, mm. doesn't it? Like, you, you, you have to look at this character. You have to get past the fact that you know it's not real. You have to look into the eyes and feel like there's there's something behind it looking back. Mm-hmm. We'll get more into this with Alita later, because I know the initial reactions, people see the trailer, first trailer's big eyes and go, oh, what is this thing? But uh, I actually found her very believable in the context of the movie and actually really enjoyed her performance. And there's certainly a soul gazing back hmm. in that performance. Oh, look, five seconds of the, the genie, who can tell? But you're right, he's janky. 
Mm. I wanted a genie. I got a janky. There's something yeah. a little bit ropey about him. Yeah, though I think how how are people ever going to be happy? You know what I mean? Like it was going to look weird anyway. It's too iconic. Yeah. And Robin Williams is too much of a legend. Plus, he's not with us anymore, which elevates him even further. Mm. Like, you know, look, St. Lee. Yes, St. Stan Lee is already a saint. Oh, yes, of course, yeah. Uh, He's up there already. Mm. Yeah. Uh, On Jesus' right. Yeah. uh, I mean, a lot of people are having... Jesus Christ, the original superhero. ...some issues about, you know, the blue genie, but... You know what, the hill that I'm still dying on is that the Cave of Wonders looks like complete shit. And I thought Jafar didn't have a deep enough voice. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit janky. Yeah, and like, Aladdin looks fine, but Aladdin also just looks like... You know, there was that stage production of Aladdin going around? Yeah. He just looks like he could be a guy from the Australian production of Aladdin. Like he could visit a shopping centre. Yeah. And, and, and let out uh, a couple of... Uh, Bar's a friend like... Oh, he doesn't sing friend like me. What does he sing? That A Whole New World. Oh, yeah, he does too. Yeah, 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 yeah. like the most iconic song yeah, in the yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, look. I wonder what they... Just get, a little did... tip for people watching that. Mm. Don't you dare close your eyes when that mm. song's on. Yeah. I think I only watched the trailer once. Did it have the monkey in it? Yeah. It the did, monkey's okay. on your shoulder. CGI yeah. monkey. Okay. Uh, there's yeah. tigers in it. They're all in it. Was the monkey wearing a waistcoat? Yeah, I think so. Okay, cool. Yeah, had the waistcoat, had the hat. Yeah, okay. You know, it's all there. Yeah. Just a little bit janky. The, yeah. the genie said, uh, none of that ringing a bell to you? Oh, okay. Something like that. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, it's a, he's like a little bit Fresh Prince of Bel-Air as well. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, like, look, I look forward to most Disney things. I would say that there is a reasonable amount of trepidation attached to this one well it is interesting because we're talking about beloved movies that people have had around them for a long time and Mm. then you you bring out this new version and i remember Mm. there was um dan stevens beast people Mm. weren't too happy with that i love that and that that, you know like prior to and then i've not heard a problem since oh no people hated that movie yeah Yeah. but it was really it made huge amounts of money it was one of the highest grossing films if not the highest grossing film of that year yeah yeah but yeah. people would just like, oh, no, it's, it's silly and Watson can't sing and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, okay, mm. fair enough. I enjoyed it. But then, like, <laughs> you know, Lion King trailer, people seem to be going, oh, that looks cute. Yeah. I, I like these animals. Mm. Whereas, uh, you know, th- there's all these different lines in the Agrabah sand. And, and mm. Disney's just... There's lots of lions. Lions. In the Lion King. In the too. Lion King as well. Yeah, and, and I think Disney's it's just... tough with people, I think. I think with animals going from traditional animation to CGI animation. Like, it's same thing. Really, yeah, just with different voices. I don't know. Me, personally, I love to see a person take on a character. Like, that's what really hooks it in for oh, me. Oh, yeah, but that's why people are going to have issues, because it's going from the animation to live action. Mm. And there's just that kind of barrier there. Because that's what I like about... Like, I noticed with my collection here, even with the superhero stuff, I really do like the movie versions. Like, I need to attach that person to it and then i go oh yeah now i'm interested in this whereas a character which hasn't had a like i like spider gwen as a concept Hmm. but then i like look at spider gwen collectibles or the comics ones which have all these generic faces or kind of and i'm like i'd be so much more into this and i would buy stuff if it was attached to a person Hmm. if you finally went okay this person is that and then you know suddenly it it becomes a more tangible thing to me Hmm. so uh you know we'll, we'll wait and see of course mm. uh but yeah who knows and speaking of disney frozen 2 hmm yeah yeah like an, a movie that i wasn't like 
We're not froze. What are they? Froze, froze heads? Freeze bros? Snowflakes. Snowflakes? <laughs> I don't know what frozen fans are. No, uh, they're uh, six. That's what they are. They're six. Um, well, that's not true. We know that's not true. But people love Frozen. It was a global yeah, phenomenon. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Look, I did not dislike Frozen. I definitely did not embrace Frozen in the way that some did. But this new trailer, like, it looks pretty good, I think. Like, it's quite an epic-looking trailer, and they don't really show Olaf that much. So I think it's, you know, I, I really wasn't looking forward to to this movie particularly like it probably wouldn't have even been in my top 20 of things I was looking forward to this year but uh, no me neither uh, like it looks fine they're, they're going to have a hard time beating Let It Go yeah song wise mm. I think that's the thing and Disney kind of I, I think it's maybe a lesson that they still need to learn so let me mansplain it to them here in my uh, unit in uh, Western Australia mm-hmm. but um, uh, that sort of forgetting that some things really are the result of right place, right time. Mm. Like, the issues that it explored, the look, the feel, everything, really mm. came out, like, just at that right time. Mm. And, um, you know, to be able to recapture that now, like, are we in the same place? Mm. I'm not so sure. Because even, like, Disney's taken a evolution beyond that anyway, when you look at the fact that, that's probably the last film of that era where Disney's copying criticism about all hero characters and all female characters basically having the same set of mm. features mm-hmm. and the same proportions and everything. Yeah. And since then, we've seen a, a far wider variety of character, both diversity and also body shape and look. Mm. And they seem to be consciously sort of branching out from that. Not to say they can't put elements of that into Frozen 2, but... I, the, the thing about it for me that really struck me about this trailer, and this is um, picky, but I just think it's interesting. Hmm. I find that first shot a really jarring choice to use because the, the beach, the waves, are so hmm. photorealistic hmm. that you feel like you're watching a live-action movie and then you see Elsa for the first time in a wide shot. Hmm. And these characters have more detail. Like, when you see them in close-up, you see paws and things like that. But Hmm. certainly in a long shot, it does look like this little cartoony character in the corner of a live-action plate. And it it feels weird for me. It feels like a sort of weird Roger Rabbit thing I'm suddenly looking at. You know, then it picks up speed and you you see what's happening. But Hmm. uh, I think it's an odd choice to begin with. It's, like, too real. Hmm. Um, I needed to see... These characters need to exist in a world which supports their look and feel i think mm. and you don't see that at the, in that fir- just in that first shot yeah yeah i think they pretty well know that people are either invested in these characters already or or not and i you know i think that first the first sort of shot there was fairly impressive like they're getting that good at making waves you know they've been Moana was a lot of water oh, no, and stuff, absolutely. and then, you know, I, I think that I that's... agree, but it's a different style to it's two different styles because she's still, you know, the, the background as opposed to not that there's not a tradition of doing that. I mean, you mm-hmm. look at um, comics, and, and there's a big thing with um, like Tintin and Asterix, even mm-hmm. having really cartoony characters on photo more, you know, realistic mm-hmm. backgrounds. And it makes the characters more easy to empathise with and sort of relatable and to, to put yourself into that situation. Mm. But, uh, uh, yeah, it's not the hill I'd die on. It's fine. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's like, you know, 
Yeah. I just think it's interesting. I just think it was an interesting choice. Yeah. Because they sort of go, whoa, what, what's happening here? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe they want you to see the waves and you're like, oh, what is this movie? Perfect Storm 2? Mm-hmm. Excellent. Can't wait. And then you go, the Elsa! Mm-hmm. Holy shit! Get ready to freeze. 2019. Mm-hmm. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Putting my ice cubes in the freezer for that one. Cannot wait. Mm. Can't wait to go to the premiere of this and eat some icy poles, let me tell you. Yeah. Have a big old snow cone. It appears like a more uh, autumnal theme in this one as opposed to winter, and I hope Olaf melts. I hope it gets warm and he just goes away. Well, look, come just, on. He's dealt, just, he's dealt with all that already. Just go he's, away. he's done that story arc. <sighs> just I'm just away, saying, away. I know it, it might be autumnal, but uh, Disney better throw a premiere. And I better have a frozen Coke. Okay. So I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Tolkien. That's a trailer. That is a trailer. And a person. Yes. So mm. one of, again, like we've had Milne twice. Yes. We had... Uh, well, Milne, technically Milne once. Winnie the Pooh was not... He was not Milne. He was not technically Milne. But he was kind of Milne. He was kind of Milne, but not technically Milne. Yeah. Yeah. Milne, by the way, is a mother I'd like to nuzzle. Endlessly. Yeah. No, A.A. Milne. Come on, let's be serious and we're talking about literature. Mm. So this is a bio about Tolkien. Mm. Um, If people don't know, he wrote The Lord of the Rings. Mm. And uh, Nicholas Holt is uh, is not halting. He's going. He's going the full (laughs) hog on this. He's going full Tolkien. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's a movie about if one of the four people in the world who didn't know that The Lord of the Rings is based on war. Yeah. Wow! Holy shit! Yeah, because Tolkien uh, obviously fought in... Um, it would have been World War Two, wouldn't it? Well, I don't know. Yeah, fuck, I don't World know. World War I. Yeah, maybe. I don't know how old he was. Yeah, so it's just drawing on his experiences from that. And it's it, just it, like, it's, you know... It looks like... And look, I'm judging this off a trailer that felt like it was 45 seconds. <laughs> but it looks like, again, one of those things where... We're going to see the all, moment the, of inspiration. all the real-life parallels. Like, yeah. it's impossible to have written a fantasy story without... It's like f- a story of fellowship. And then you go, oh, shit, in real life he had friends that went on <laughs> an adventure with him. Yeah. You couldn't write this book if you yeah. didn't have friends that went on an adventure with you yeah. and war. Oh, he was fighting an adversary in, mm. in, in real life, too. Yep. So it's yep. all those things. Mm. Oh, my God, he ate potatoes. Mm. He's gonna Put that in your book. He ate, like, six times a day. Yeah. Because of malnutrition. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Look, I, 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 I'd I, see it. Nice place you've got there, Tolkien. No, it's a total hole. Oh, Ooh. what if what if he yeah. lived in a hole? Mm. The other thing is there's that bit where it, it seems to show you kind of like um, a fantasy sequence of a bit of Lord of the Rings. It's mm. one of the guys on the horses. Mm. And you got to think that that must be a completely useless thing to have to film. Like, you're starting mm. to set it up and get your rider on the horse, and you're just like, we really should just run a bit of Peter mm. Jackson's trilogy rather than fuck around with this. Mm. Because, like, why would you remake any of Lord of the Rings? I'm not saying it's the... Def- well, I mean, it kind of is the definitive version. It is the version. definitive version, It is. Yeah. Whether you think it could be done better, and I'm sure it could be done better, yeah. but in the same way that Wizard of Oz is the definitive version, just because it has the cultural mm. right again right place right time mm. hit and you're not going to shake it out of people's heads easily mm. you need it like bombs you're going to need to blanket the planet with bombs mm-hmm. to shake that out of people's head and then mm-hmm. and then start again but you will have to take out everyone who who has a memory of it 
Did you see today? We were in the bookshop. Mm. There were $2 DVDs at the counter. Yes, Just I in little cardboard that. sleeves. Yeah. And it was like... Um, that night at the museum. Monsters vs. Aliens. Oh, that Home Alone. I had um, Mr. Popper's Penguins. Mm. Yeah. Crazy. That, that's what it is now. Mm. Two bucks. Just here. Fucking... It's just, yeah, just in a cardboard sleeve. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's not even like you're collecting... You're not a collector of DVDs. It's like yeah. movie night. Here it is. It's in a cardboard sleeve. Yeah. It's a disc. You can fucking throw it out the window after you've finished it. It's like... Do you use it have, as an ashtray. Do you not have Netflix? Like... Yeah. By the time you've bought all these DVDs, you could just get Netflix for a month. No, but just like two bucks. Fucking throw away. Hmm. Throw away. DVD... Look, don't get me started on DVDs. DVDs are fucked. Hmm. If you have a HD TV and you're watching DVDs, you're a fucking moron. Actually, no, speaking of Lord of the Rings, though, when I was... Um, when I finally got them on Blu-ray, when they were released on Blu-ray, yeah. um, I watched... Uh, obviously, I watched them in the, the greater, higher quality, and I went, oh, I need to go back to DVD. Because some of those 2001 big crowd army scenes yeah. they don't look quite as good in I'm high proud definition of that technology but that's the thing i mean it's a long time ago yeah oh yeah look and i'm not like yeah. judging them saying well it looks like shit it was really good for the time but watching it in hd is a very different experience it's to watching it in sd two years tpm uh yes yes absolutely i mean eight tpm after the phantom menace mm. which you know is the most groundbreaking mm. film of the modern age mm. and uh there is definitely a before and an after TPM. Take that to film school. Last trailer, uh, Big Shark. <laughs> Directed by Tommy Wiseau. Guess starring what it's about. Greg Sestero. Water floods a street. And so a big somehow. Sh- and a big shark appears. Yeah. Uh, and then, look, you want to talk about janky CGI. Uh, the genie looks fucking great compared to this shark. I mean, but I mean, the shark turns up after Greg Sestero has been air slapped by two different women. Yeah. For some reason. Tommy Wiseau and Greg Sestero are playing the same characters that I've seen them play in every film I've ever seen. Yeah, I don't think they have great range. I look. I don't think they could be accused of having excellent range. Did I talk about, like, that second part of Best Friends, mm. best, which hardly has any Tommy Wiseau in it, yeah. is awful. Mm. Like, I, I don't recommend it at all. I recommend you watching the first half as a, as a laugh to laugh at Tommy, but it's just so bad and when you think that it's written by greg sestero we really need to give more credit to the i can't even remember his name but the other writer of the disaster artist mm. because greg told him what happened and then that guy must have made it funny and well written mm. because there is nothing unfortunately funny or well written of that caliber coming out of anything that does not have that other guy attached mm. Um, he wrote the disaster artist, let's be honest. Yeah. Because Greg is always playing these characters that are just so, huh? Yeah. I don't care. Well, I mean, that's kind of him, isn't it? Like, he seemed like a very nice and kind man, but there was just nothing... He is an that... <laughs> awesomely kind, generous, like, from our experience meeting with him, he's the most likeable guy, but the, also the most quiet, go-with-the-flow kind of... Oh, yeah. What do you think? Sure. Which, you know, yeah. explains how he got... that. That's his whole history. That's mm-hmm. why he got wrapped up in this whole thing in the first place. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, to see him again being this... I think there's a moment in, like, Best Friends, Fiends, the first one, where this woman's, like, starting to fall for him very early on, and she's like, oh, you're so interesting. <laughs> and he's like, thanks. And you're just like, look, honey, 
I know you had to say that, but he's not. Mm. And um, again, and you see that they just imp- like whenever Tommy's on, they're just improvising, and they're not improvisers. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I'm looking forward to it. Big Shark, 2019. Uh, what's the movie about the Big Shark called? Big Shark. Fuck mm. it, and get it into you. All right, let's review some films because we're 20 minutes in. Lego Movie Two. That was the first one we watched. Yes. Now, as an Australian, always complain about these because for some reason the Lego movies are well. We know the reason is school holidays. The the movies are always delayed by about five or six weeks. Mm-hmm. It's the same case here. It opened in America the other week. Uh, it's not opening here till March 21st. Mm. But bless them, they actually showed some preview screenings in yeah. Australia to coincide with the American release. Yeah, they had a whole weekend full of them. And it wasn't like, you know, one special solitary yeah. screening. It was a whole weekend and they had a whole bunch of screenings. And, uh, yeah, that was, was pretty great to, it is, to see it. It is, because I always complain about the staggered release. And I think... Anything that has a staggered release, if you can do that for the hardcores, hmm. you know, because it's only going to be word of mouth going around. Yeah. I think, yeah, you know, the movie exists. If you can put it in a cinema for a weekend, it's so mm. good. So, you know, we're sated. And then, because it's true, the kids singing that at school holidays, we don't have a fucking clue about release dates, hmm. don't care. Hmm. You know, they'll eat what's put in front of them, essentially. Let all the hand-wringing adults see it first and then <laughs> let the kids have it. Mm. It's it, it, a good time for them. Mm. So, yeah, kudos. I think that was really well yep. handled. Yeah. Um, okay, so what do you think of the film? I didn't like it as much as the first one. It seems um, to be common consensus. Yeah. I, I Look, I really appreciated it on a technical level. Like, they, you know, they brought to life all these different environments and sets and and you know, had a few different characters and stuff going on. And, and I think from a technical point of view, the animation in these movies is flawless. Like, it's just, yeah. it's it's brilliant. Um, I really like the characters too. I like the design of the characters and I like the kind of creative anarchy kind of approach yeah. to it. That idea of, you know, because that first movie, spoilers, really sort of goes, you don't have to separate everything into these rigid ways of play, Mm. you know, everything's got value and you can mix it all together Mm. and and go nuts and let your imagination fly. And and Mm. it certainly does that. Like the idea of even seeing Wonder Woman next to the Friends, Wonder Woman next to the Duplo Wonder Woman Mm. in a scene, that sort of thing of, you know, there's lots of different versions of these Mm. things. You don't have to stake your claim behind one and then be a prick about everything else, Mm. which is what humans do with everything. Mm. So I, I like that aspect of it too. Yeah, but I think, uh, I, I don't know, like the first one, it kind of made me, it, it felt like it understood the different ways that people interact with Lego and understand and, and like Lego and have Lego as part of their lives. And this one, I, uh, I don't know, maybe it's a cynic in me now, but it just felt like here's a set you can buy after the show, here's another set you can buy after the show, and it just felt like uh, just like a, a big ad for pumping out more Lego sets. Oh, I mean, there's always going to be that element to it, but I think that's been apparent in all of, you know, in their last one too. Mm, I, I mean, just haven't felt it as much before this one. They made sets one. out of every little thing that appeared in that movie. Like, they milked it dry with that Mm. and um it was certainly no different with the ninjago or the batman like there were so many sets that were pumped out and it was vehicles that had 
two seconds of screen time mm. and then they came out. So that's mm. certainly an aspect of it. And I wouldn't mm. be surprised if... I mean, I was surprised initially when the first one wasn't nominated for Best Animated Feature at the Academy Awards. And I, and I think the fact that it essentially can be seen as an advertisement for a product mm. probably is a big part of that. Mm. So, um, yeah, there's no escaping that element and i think that you're also aware of the fact that you know the studs themselves have the word lego written on them and Mm. you're looking at these things magnified on a really big screen so Mm. it is an ad for lego Mm. but uh i think the creativity of the batch of sets that has come out for this and um, i've just seen new ones as well that are coming up down the pipe i think um that whole mix of duplo friends all these weird characters um and brick built characters too Mm interacting with each other is really kind of cool um I, for me the the biggest letdown with it is just the i don't think it's especially funny like i don't think no it's not dialogue wise it's a it's an incredibly sharp script and um, there's not many like surprises like you know in the first one like you'd see a character pop up and and that would be fun and, and interesting to see these different um universe characters interacting with each other but there was just much less of that and the kind of recurring jokes that they did have with one character was not as funny as I think the movie thought it was. Oh, I thought it was great. Mm. I, I really liked that. Mm. And the fact that it was the real person and everything, yeah. I, I thought that was mm. really cool. So, I think that is the cynic in you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was a funny thing. <laughs> like, yeah. no, I, I enjoyed that. No, I, I just think, and comedy is very subjective i know there are people that hate teen titans go to the movies for example but that just made me laugh all the way through oh yeah that was really really funny yeah whereas this i appreciated it and there were a couple of chuckles but Mm. um yeah not so much and and i think that as well there there is a little bit of tedium in the three-act structure and the forced conflict of it and Mm. and getting through all that whereas i kind of want to see more chaotic fun really than than because yeah. I th- think the message, and, and I think this is more of a kids' movie. Yeah, it is. It is because mm. the message is very good. Like it it, is. it's a very good message, um, and I'm glad that they are getting this message across. But I think, and maybe for the adults in the audience a bit, I think it becomes very apparent very early on, like what is going to happen, and then it's kind of just watching that path unfold. Yeah, but it, it's. Um, yeah, and I find that Chris Pratt's other character is probably the most tedious of. Well, he is. Yes. All of the characters yeah. like that. Because again, because it's it's really telegraphed. And it gets what is happening yeah, with that character. And it gets hammered. Yeah. Quite a bit, mm. but um, there's so much fun around, and I really do love the songs. Uh, Lonely Islands involved. Um, we got some Andy Samberg rapping, and I have listened to some of the songs since, mm. and. There were moments, particularly with the songs, where I was really, like, the movie was quite magical for me, and I, I really in, enjoyed it. Mm. So I th- think on that basis alone, when you sort of come out and go, oh, yeah, no, there really were some some quite special moments in there, and I, and I do love the overall feel. I think it was successful in what it was attempting to do, but I do think it was more of a kid's movie. Mm. So, you know, that... Um, character that kept popping up like you mentioned i mean that's one of the few things that really is there for adults like Mm. that's got no kids don't know what the fuck that is but um yeah it's a tough thing to pull off twice i think there's always that 
sort of hangover of going, you know, something was so fresh when we saw it the first mm. time. We, we'd never seen anything like this before and, and now, you know, and it's... And you always can compare everything to that one thing. Like, I didn't like the Batman one as much as the first Lego movie. I actually really probably enjoyed the Ninjago movie second best because it was unexpected. It's funnier. Yeah. Uh, mainly because of the bad guy. Mm. He's, he's got a lot of really great lines. Mm. He cracks me up. Mm. But, uh, yeah, there wasn't really as much of that in this. Mm. But, um, no, I, I actually gave it quite a high score. I, I was really torn, actually. My, I think I think I gave it a three and a half. My instinct was three and a half, and then yeah. I bumped it to four. And I bumped mm. it to four because I think the music's great. I think there's some really great moments. I mm. think it's one of those things that now I've seen it, I'd probably enjoy it more in the future. Or I would just enjoy enjoy elements of it, you know? Like, mm. I might not sit down and watch the whole thing, but I might watch pieces of it and, and some of those musical numbers and things. And mm. uh, I think it is a positive film for children mm. in 2019. Yeah, for sure. And I think it does a good job at what it sets out to do. Mm. I think it's just got to figure out, you know, do we continue taking the same baggage every movie or do we shed mm. some characters? Do we, you know, where do we go? But it did introduce a lot of new stuff, to be fair. Yeah, and it didn't lean quite as hard on Batman. No, that's this true. This time, which is good. Like, I like Batman, but oof, you need it's to find other veins to it's mine. It's got to be fresh. Yeah. 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 Okay, and then uh, Battle Angel Alita, which we just saw. Mm. Uh, this is a lot more of a movie than I expected, actually. Mm. Like... I think people are probably going to lump it in with a sort of ghost in the shell in their heads because there's a similar sort of look feel, but it's a much bigger movie than that. Um, you've got to remember that really it's a James Cameron movie. This is a movie that James Cameron has been wanting to make for decades. Mm. He wrote the screenplay and it has a lot of money behind it. Um, it's a huge movie mm. in terms of sets, design, characters. There's so many like really complex interesting cyborg characters mm. in this film with um just totally like cock wild design elements and weapons and craziness mm. um plus i imagine she was quite an expensive character to put on the screen mm. and um you know she's on the screen a lot mm. yeah i know we um don't have the same enthusiasm for her. i really loved it i i had a real got a real kick out of this movie i thoroughly enjoyed it um it was a really pleasant surprise i think it's a little um you know it's a little camp at times it's a little long at times there are characters that i didn't like i, I wanted the boyfriend character to disappear really quickly i, I really found him as a, a burden the other thing i didn't like about him is when you first see him he's got the leather jacket and the bandana mm. bandana with the long back of his hair sticking out and he looks just like young Robert Rodriguez like that's how Robert <laughs> Rodriguez would dress mm. and I'm like he's the director sort of self-inserting mm. in here and uh yeah so but a lot of movies that I really like and a lot of movies that I find infinitely rewatchable and enjoyable from the Star Wars to things like Batman Forever you know have the bits that drag have the bits mm. that are a bit camp have the characters that I don't love but of just such a fun park of a movie for me and, and something that I, I really get into and um, mm. I loved her like I think that's a, such a stunning performance um, especially when you think you've got a killer cast here you've got Christoph Waltz you've got Jennifer mm. Connelly you've got Mashallah Ali 
I think Ed's green scrying is, is really quite good in it too, but she totally steals it. No, no one comes close to having the impact that she has in this film and her, you know, her really genuine reactions to rediscovering a world mm. around her. Like she's a very sweet character. And then she does, is also a really kick-ass character. And I think, you know, when you think about movies and the characters in them and the, the characters that get continually get made into movies, this is one where I was instantly going, yeah, make more of these. I'll, I'll watch these. This is cool. Let's mm. explore this. And there's certainly room for a sequel too. Mm. Um, yeah, I didn't love it. Like, I didn't hate it or anything. I didn't come out of it going, Bleh. but um, I, I really enjoyed the start with sort of the birth of this character and her discovering the world and, and us discovering this uh, world along with her. But... Ultimately, I found as the movie went on, you know, I, I really liked her as a character, but I was just no longer particularly engaged in those environments. Like, everything sort of just started to look the same, and I was not, you know, super interested in all these different new robots. Like, I I liked the, you know, there's a, there's a scene where she sort of fights for the first time, and then kind of the motorball arena scenes were really fun. But apart from that, I... You know, it just wasn't overall an aesthetic that was really engaging for me. Like, it was fine. I didn't hate it. I probably wouldn't watch another one, but it just... And again, technically, technically it's magnificent. Like, it's beautiful, this world they've constructed. I really love Christoph Waltz, um, but I just didn't, you know, it didn't get me feelsy or excited. I I think you could level those same things... Any Cameron film, though, hmm. couldn't you? Like, you yeah. you know, you look at Terminator 2, you look at Avatar, all long movies, hmm. Aliens even. They're long movies that where, you know, you probably have seen the environment. You know, they've got a distinct visual flair. So hmm. Avatar can go, or now you're seeing these different creatures and now you're seeing this, but at hmm. the same time... It's the same you've, thing. You've kind yeah. of seen it. Yeah. Um, and they, you know, they probably go on like a, a little bit too long and the, hmm. the climax is, is sort of drawn out but you know you're either into them or you, you're yeah, not yeah and uh, that's it like you know I'm, I'm not saying this is a bad movie i'm just saying it just didn't click for me and um yeah i i was really sold on it mainly yeah the strength of that central character was the main thing for me and to see her sort of really get to go out in those action sequences was very cool I really, yeah, really enjoyed it. So I hope there will be more. Um, I definitely recommend it. I'll probably give that a four and a half. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was very cool. My favourite bit was a three-second cameo. Yeah. Yeah. But that's more about your personal than the movie itself. Yeah, but it did. You know, it perked me up and I went, great, we're on. And then they never reappeared. And I went, oh, why? Anyway, yeah, yeah, it was fine. But what you're saying there is, is a really good example, isn't it? And we've talked about this with the superhero movies. You have to be in love with a character. Yeah. You have to go, oh, this is a character who I want to see Hang this story yeah. and spend time with. Yeah. And I loved hanging out with that character. So yeah. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, she was she was fine, but... Um, I had to, like, have a wee break at one point. And I knew, you know it's a good movie where it's like, I, where can I find this spot? Because usually it's after an action sequence and it's the bit where two characters talk in a room and, and kind mm. of debrief. But I, again, I still found her really enjoyable. Like, mm. you know, she, she ran a lot of emotions and things in those mm. scenes. And I was like, oh, yeah. where, do, where do I escape? Mm. And then I was thinking, 
I know there's going to be a big fucking balls out action sequence really soon. Mm. I'm either going to be stuck through the like I have to go before you the missed third nothing. act. Yeah, I you know. Missed... I, pick, I can pick this yeah. up. <laughs> I know story structure so fucking well by now. Like I know well, exactly I feel like where to go. When she's in a room with the boyfriend guy and he's got his shirt off, there's probably going to be some sort of boring DNM about to happen. You're, you're pretty safe to go. But also that really was like I came back right on the third act. Mm. Like, that establishing shot of the arena is mm. the beginning of the third act. Mm. So, it's the go-to-the-farm moment where you got to take a piss. This is my... It's... Every movie has it. Sometimes it's literal. The mm-hmm. heroes kind of get defeated. They go to the farm and lick their wounds, and mm-hmm. then they come back. That happens literally in Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. Uh, first time it happens, for me, is uh, the Ninja Turtle movie. Mm. Get their, uh, their shells kicked. I was going to mm-hmm. say their asses kicked. If they're going to yell out, kick some shell all the time, I will use the the correct uh, nomenclature. Mm-hmm. Might not say the word correctly, but <laughs> fucked if I won't give it a shot. Um, and they go to the farm. Mm. You know, Raphael's in the bath. Leo's keeping a vigil. And you, my friend, can go and take a piss mm. before they go back to New York and mm. uh, fight the Shredder. All right. Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I definitely recommend it. Go out and see it, especially at this time of year, if you want a big genre oh, yeah. movie. It's, it's a dead zone. It's it's the best thing at the moment. This is your one. Go, yeah. and, go and check and it out. I mean, out. look, for the fact that it kept getting pushed back, pushed back, pushed back, and it is in the trash zone of the year, it's pretty good. There's always a movie, though, that gets put... I don't... Like, there is one movie that always survives at this time and does well, mm. and this is it. Mm. Like, I, I don't think they, were like, trashed it. I just think they knew it wasn't going to fly up against some of those other things mm. and that it would really get a chance here because mm. it wouldn't be up against anything else. Because this is that classic um, slot where things like 300 came out and did huge mm. business. So, yeah, I think it was a, a very uh, very calculated um, target. Mm. Now, I just want to briefly talk about Umbrella Academy, new Netflix series based on the comic book by uh gerard way from my chemical romance Mm -hmm. sort of like a hipster x-men uh the comic has uh well i was gonna say actually the the tv series for me has shades of that it has shades of hellboy it has shades of um the watchmen movie Mm -hmm. it has that sort of feeling um i'm really enjoying it actually i've only got two or three and a half episodes left at the time of recording i enjoying it in the sense that i want to see where it all ends up uh for people that know the comic it's there were two series two six issue series the first one's called apocalypse suite the second's called dallas mm-hmm. and this actually cherry picks both of them and mixes okay. both storylines together my criticism of it is again i'm going to go dialogue because it's sharp looking but I think the dialogue could be better. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think it could be funnier, and you need those characters to zing. Like, I, I'm always wanting something to... I'm not saying it should emulate those styles, but I want something that gives you that same sort of feeling as... You know when you watch Guardians of the Galaxy for the first time, and, mm-hmm. you, and the characters start talking, and you go, oh, I am going to love living in this world with mm-hmm. these characters for the next hour and a half. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it should have that humour or style. I mean, it should be funny. Mm-hmm. It is a funny series yeah you should you should just feel engaged by them like that's the bottom line well the first time you watch like a tarantino and people start talking and you're like Mm. oh okay great i'm I'm into this Mm. so it needs more of that it's Mm. a bit too basic in terms of what they're saying compared to the storyline and compared to their settings Mm. um it commits to certain things i mean you've got the talking chimpanzee you you've got space boy in space you've got some of those like bigger concepts 
but it it's too safe for me. Um, I guess they're not going to show them fighting the Eiffel Tower. In fact, the sequence is replaced with a stopping a bank robbery. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they there's some Vietnam sequences which are in the comic, but in the comic there were Viet Cong vampires and they were transporting a mummy. Mm-hmm. These are just very straight Viet. You know, so oh. it never goes into those... I was going to say it never goes into those weird trappings outside the family, but at the same time, the story that involves number five particularly does go into the weird trappings of the comic, but never in a way which really explodes visually. Mm. So it reigns it back. And, and my biggest disappointment is the costuming. I really wish... Like, because that hipster, crazy costumes of the comic book and all the crazy jackets and dyed hair and horizontal mm. stripes and uh, all that sort of stuff skull motifs and things mm. i really wish it was in there mm. like just commit to it don't apologize for it don't try and make it real world just do it because um like the character the rumor who has lots of uh violet and red stripes and hipster jackets and short blue hair and everything in the comic is so flattened out to nothing mm. like he's just dressed like a a normal woman and it's like have some fun with her. Mm. I don't know if... They spent all their money on the monkey. They don't have any room for... Yeah. <laughs> room for clothes. It's like... I want it to be wild. Like, it should be wilder. Mm. It should be as wild and crazy as the comic. In, in, and I just don't think people watching this would have a sense of how... I mean, look, there were some lines that kind of um, grated on me that, that sounded like try funny. And then when I went downstairs and flipped through my issues, I was like, oh, you know, these lines are straight from the comic. Mm. But then, you know, the comic comes out of as time as well. And that's the mm. great thing about doing a Netflix show. You've got access to lots of great people. You've got the showrunner was um, wrote a lot of Fargo season two, which was excellent. Mm. It's like you've got a chance to elevate that material now. Um, and there's some characters that I, I like uh, more than others. I like number five, who's the the kid, the best. He's really good. Um, the guy that from Mortal Engines, the mm, main guy, Sheen, yeah. yeah, who's playing um, the the drug addict one that can talk to ghosts. Mm. I found him hard to bear for a while mm. there, but um, you know, he has a journey, and I just want to look. I'm just hoping above all right now, and I feel like when I watch Daredevil, and uh, I'm just like, put him in the suit, put him in the suit. I want to see Ellen Page in the white violin bodysuit. Mm-hmm. There's chance, chances for it. Hoping it'll happen. Um, you know, it's on path at the moment. But uh, yeah, give me that image because that's such an important image from mm. the show. But uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it. Mm-hmm. But um, swings and roundabouts, you know. Mileage may vary. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, are you going to give it a try? I will because I like Robert Sheehan. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, he's a fun character. He's, yeah. He's, oh he's... yeah, yeah. Like you know, I'll I'll watch two if I still wish to continue. Then I will continue. Yeah. But... I don't know if you will continue. Okay. That's my feeling, just yeah. based on what I know of your tastes. Mm. That you probably will go. Yeah, it was good, but um, I not for me. Life yeah. is short. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that was actually. What's interesting, going into it, I'd read the Vulture headline mm-hmm. saying that it lacked personality and they weren't that into it. Mm-hmm. And then I finally, after watching, I think, about four episodes, read it, and they basically prefaced it by saying, look, I know people who make TV want you to see the whole thing before passing judgment, mm. but I got three episodes in and just decided, no. Nah. And I had this criticism of this character and this character, and I'm like, wow, that character is on such a journey. 
Andrew actually getting like they they thought Ellen Page was really bland, mm. and I was like, if you knew anything about the source material, which they didn't, mm. I'm not saying you should, but she's the main character, mm. and you know that she's mm. she's going to be bland at the beginning. I'm sure she's not going to be bland when I watch these final episodes. Mm. Um, but still, if you've watched three episodes of a show and you're really not giving a shit, it's like, well, yeah, that's fine for you. you. Know. That's fine for me. That's fine for the listeners. Mm. If you're the person that your life is too short to watch it, you shouldn't be the person reviewing it for Vulture oh, magazine, yeah, yeah, in my opinion. Yeah. They, they should have watched it. Mm. They should have got someone whose life wasn't too short to watch it mm. to, to actually do it. I thought that was pretty... Because there will be people, like me, especially now, a lot of their stuff's behind a paywall, will just read the headline and go, oh, okay, I won't rush to watch that now because mm. that's supposedly not so good. Mm. Um, but then they're going to get someone who half-assed it. So, uh, do your job, people. That said, we're going to half-ass things because we're not, like, working for fucking Vulture. We do this out of the goodness of our hearts and uh, life is short. So, let's talk about our What to Watch Challenge. Mm. Uh, last week of January was an anime, so a huge amount to choose from. Mm. We both went for classic studio Ghibli early... Ghibli? Ghibli? Ghibli, I think. Ghibli? Mm. <laughs> we went for that soft... Sometimes I just crave a soft G. <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, I said last time that I was going to ruin my year by watching Grave of the Fireflies. You wanted to have your soul destroyed. Yeah! Look, I'm not saying that everybody who's watched this and been traumatised by it is fucking soft, but they're pretty fucking soft. I feel like you have a hardened heart today, though. No, but, like, I watched this earlier in the week, and, you know, and I watched Lego Movie last week as well, yeah. so it's not like it's a, it's today. I had my judgment on Lego Movie previously. Um, you can have a hard heart for a week. I can. Um, I can have a hard heart for a certain period of the, the month quite regularly as well. Um, look, I thought it was fine. Like, after hearing so much about this thing, I expected certain things to happen within the film. It's, yeah. a, it's a World War Two film. Two kids get separated from their parents during a, a bombing thing and kind of go off and try and survive on their own to uh, unfortunate consequences. And, um, yeah, most of the things I assumed would happen did happen, so there wasn't any real kind of surprises. It was nicely done, nicely animated. It's, I guess, compared to all the other movies of the studio, it is extremely bleak and, you know, some pretty bad shit does happen to these characters, but I guess from what I was expecting, it was not as harrowing, anywhere mm. near as harrowing as I was expecting. But it was, like, it was good. Like, it's not bad. You've seen a lot of war movies since that movie came out as well. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it was, like, 88, mm. I think, Grave of, the Fife, Grave of the Fireflies. And, I mean, it's interesting, that, uh, I guess, you don't see that many, you know, being that we are... In the countries that we are from, you don't see that many um, war movies from the Japanese perspective as well, which, again, was interesting, but, you know, like, you know, it was good. Something I'm going to say about what I watch, which might apply in some way to what you watch, mm -hmm. don't know, because I watched um, a movie from 84, I think, which okay. was uh, Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. Mm -hmm. I'd never seen it. I'd heard that Nausicaa was a bit of an inspiration for Rey and uh, New Star Wars, so I was interested mm -hmm. in that aspect. I fucking loved it. Mm -hmm. It was really good. Uh, it's a really solid story, really solid themes, really lovely character moments, mm -hmm. uh, some nice badass stuff. It's really thoughtful, and she's just a wonderful character. Mm. Like, she's such a strong female uh, protagonist. Mm. Um, you know, and I can see she's capable, she's kind, she's generous, she takes control of a whole group of beady men. Um, she lets them 
you know, tells him what to do, but at the same time is often just pushing him aside. Well, not like rudely pushing him aside, but just sort of saying, hey, take cover, look after things. I'm going to go and do something really risky where I might die, but I'm going to, it's the right thing to do and I'm going to go and do Mm. this thing. Mm. So she's this great character. Mm. Uh, Really appreciated that. I watched the um, English dub, which I know is not always a good thing, but Mm. it is the English dub that um, Disney organized uh, in the 2000s. So it's like... uh, Patrick Stewart and Shia LaBeouf and um, it's it's a Alison Lohman plays Nausicaa. It's a good cast, mm, okay. and they um, they do act the shit out of it. So I did enjoy mm. that, um, but but I think that really struck me, and I wonder if there's an element of this to what you saw. Is this is a really sophisticated movie in a really unsophisticated time, like 1984. You think about the animated movies of that period. Mm. You think about the Hollywood movies of that period. You think about the interests and motivations that characters have in those movies. Like mm. 80s, it's just all, i got to get a nice car and get the girl and mm. get yeah. some money kind of thing. It's like, how does this bubble of purity exist mm. in that period? I mean, I grew up in that period. I saw so much shit and a lot of animated shit. And you think about, um, you know, what was happening in television animation there and just how things were just being churned out for kids. There, it wasn't animation for adults. Mm. And, uh, the, and yet, this guy has the foresight and interest and brings out this thing, mm. which is, is really sophisticated. Mm. And, there's Sophist- still, and there's still classics. Yeah, and it all holds this up. Time later, sophisticated yeah. compared to stuff that happens yeah. now. And yeah. I, I just, that blew me away. I was just mm, like, yeah, for sure. Fuck, like, you know, they were ma- Americans were making all dogs go to heaven too, and, <laughs> yeah. and you made this. Yeah. Like, you were thinking about these things. Mm. There's no Norsica's never like, I gotta be a hero, mm. and um, trying to be a hero and going from, you know, she just is what she is, mm. and she does what's right for a village. But mm. it's never about being a hero and. And there's no songs about mm. I gotta be a hero and you know all that stuff or I've got to own this thing or mm. do this. It's it's so good. Yeah, well, I mean that's what Grave the Fireflies is about: trying to do the right thing, failing, failing spectacularly, mm. but trying very hard to do the right thing that um, he thinks is right at that time. And yeah, like I don't well, want anyone to think negatively. What like this is it's it's a good movie. It just yeah. was did not have the emotional impact that I expected. So if anyone kind of has been putting it off because they think yeah. it's going to be too hard to watch. Don't be scared by it. Like it's it's fine. Like I, it's fine. I, I guess I just wanted to add context to it because mm. sometimes you got to think. Well, what else came around at this time? Yeah. And then when you think about it, you go, "Oh fuck, this was actually kind of groundbreaking." And mm. that's going to be something we're going to have to think about more and more as we go into. Like we're going to go into yeah. um, silent movies and all sorts yeah, of stuff yeah, this yeah. year. Well, so. I was thinking about like while I was watching this is like watching. Um, Casablanca last year, which was obviously filmed just before the outbreak mm. of World War Two, and thinking, and you know, watching how they spoke about the Germans and and all that sort of thing, I'm like, oh, you didn't know what was about mm. to happen, kind of thing. So yeah, so so top marks there, and um, then our first movie of Black History Month, we had to watch a Spike Lee film. Mm. I watched his first film. Okay. And it was not what I expected. And that's why this is so good to do. Mm. And look, I honest, I watched She's Gotta Have It. I honestly didn't love it. Mm-hmm. It surprised me its feel. It almost felt like a Woody Allen movie or something. It's black and white, lots mm. of piano music and people mm, okay. talking to the camera. And it's, um, 
I feel so white talking about it. I feel like I should review it as um, Wenzo from Dungeons and Dragons. Be like, all right, so there's this girl and she's got to have it. And I don't want to spoil it for you, but it's sex. She's got a very hungry vagina. <laughs> so she does, she's this girl, she's got this totally hungry vagina. Mm-hmm. She's ravenous. And um, it's been regularly filled by three different men from okay. three different backgrounds. Okay. All, all black men. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Spike Lee's one of them. Mm-hmm. He's the, like, funny, fast-talking one with the big, thick glasses. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you said glasses. Yeah, and one's like, <laughs> and one's like a um, vain model. Okay. And they all know about each other. It's not like a farce where she's, like, mm. running from one yeah, restaurant to room to, separate, a, you know, yeah. one restaurant table to another or anything. They know about each other mm. and, and each keep you know why don't you drop that loser kind of thing mm. but jacinta mm-hmm. she's got to have it oh does she get it oh she, yeah All the time? she gets it a lot yeah okay. uh, so yeah it was kind of cool it's great because you realize how even if you think you're pretty um woke mm-hmm. and uh we know from on the record from everything i've even just said leading up to this sentence that i'm probably not mm. um as much as i'd like to be you realize that you do and we do this all the time with genres, with types of films, you do make judgments, like, based on your experience. And hmm. I think Spike Lee, I, I think Boys in the Hood, and I think of, oh, you know, he's telling these really sort of urban gangstery kind of stories. There's nothing like that in this film. Hmm. Like, they are all very sort of uh, put-together, educated, philosophical hmm. people living in the city, hmm. in the heart of the city, having relationships. It's not a gangster style thing Mm. and i think it's also interesting we talk a lot about um eyes and ears and that idea of well once you've got those eyes and ears once you've got people watching you what do you do with it what do you Mm. do with that audience and then you look at all the different things he's explored um and all these different facets of culture like yeah interesting dude i'd need to watch more of his stuff i watched a a film called miracle at saint anna which is a uh about a group of soldiers in World War Two that get split off from their um, all-black battalion. They're part of the Buffalo Soldiers. And um, the movie starts laying its sort of, you know, mission statement out very clearly from the first scene. There's an elderly black man in 1984-ish sitting on a chair watching an old John Wayne war movie and kind of getting angry about it and going, we were there too. And then... Thus, this is Spike Lee making his black war movie. He puts down his drink, he gets up, he climbs into the television mm. and the movie, mm. the camera zooms in on the screen and then he, he enacts it out inside the TV. Yeah, uh, and then he, you know, he, he goes to work the next day, he works at like a post office or whatever and a guy walks up to his, his window and asks for some stamps. He looks up at him very calmly, pulls a Luger out from under the desk and just shoots the guy in the chest and you're like oh, okay, something happened here. And so the movie, basically, in retrospect, tells you how we got to this point. Um, But it does feel like a very, you know, old-timey World War II movie, but just from a black perspective. And I like that. Hmm. Like, I think that was really good. And the fact that, you know, I can only think of two movies that I've seen that feature, that focus on... um, like black squadrons or black platoons in World War Two. The other one being Red Tails, which got absolutely slammed. That was the George Lucas Tuskegee Airmen mm. one, which I quite enjoyed. Like I thought it was fine. I've never seen it. Yeah, it's 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 
it's good. I think people just like to shit on George Lucas things. What? No. No. What? <laughs> um, um, when creating Star Wars just isn't enough. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's one that, like, I was kind of watching going, oh, like, you know, this, this is fine. But then... You know, afterwards I sort of thought, no, but that's, you know, he achieved exactly what he wanted. Like, this is a pretty standard, I guess, war movie, but it's completely from the black perspective in a way that, you know, there's been bajillions and millions and millions of war movies, but we really haven't, it it so rarely gets explored. Um, And that's just what his, his, he wanted to do. He wanted to make this war movie and... That's why context is important, isn't it? Because it's so easy for me to go, yeah, Black Panther, yeah, it's still a pretty, like, regular... Formulaic mm. superhero movie. Yeah, but it's, it's cool. not about that. Yeah, but it's context yeah. and it's yeah. cultural context. Yeah. It's so much more. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, learning so much. Mm. This is good. I like the What to Watch Challenge. It, yeah, it so do I. ye old nog. Yes. I think the only month I'm a bit scared of is slow cinema. And only because I've been having a really hard time trying to find any of those films. Yeah. I think I might have to substitute some of them for something else if I can't find any. Just watch Best Friends. Oh no! <laughs> I mean, I want to substitute them with something that I want to watch, not that's that. That's no cinema. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, look, that's an hour. I think we've nailed this. Yes. I think we put it to bed. Mm-hmm. Read it a story, kiss it on the cheek, held a pillow over its face until it stops kicking. Yeah. Yeah. And now we're <laughs> going to leave the room quietly. <laughs> Not too quietly, because who's going to hear it? No one. Uh, so, look, thanks for listening, everybody. We'd love to have you uh, there on the other side of the thing. And uh, you can go to freelistpursuits.com to find out everything else that we're doing, including uh, Dungeons & Dragons podcast, Going Strong. You can go to our Facebook discussion page, uh, Freelist Pursuits Discussion, to talk about all things uh, that we produce. We'd love to hear your opinions and thoughts. Uh, you can find links to our patreon um you can look at us on twitter instagram all those places come find us we love you we want to hear from you tinkety tonk